Good morning. I'm Emma Morgenstern, and today I'm sitting with Aaron Lansky. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, Emma. Uh, so I'd just like a quick update from you this morning about what's been going on at the center. So first of all, I know the Jan term, the January term class in Yiddish and Yiddish culture just ended. Yes. Yeah, so first I should say quick might not be uh, doable because we've got so much <laughs> going on here to like we could sit yeah. all day just to tell you what's happening, sure. but I'll do this. In Yiddish, we say, uh, while standing on one foot. Mm -hmm. I will try to uh, quickly do this. So you want to start with Jan terms? So, yeah, let's start with Jan terms. Yeah. So as you know, it was great. Um, this has gone on for, I think, almost five years now. Uh, every year during the January intercession, we have a program that's opened up to students from the five colleges. It was started by uh, Justin Cammy, who teaches Yiddish literature at Smith, and his wife, Rachel Rubenstein, who teaches American Jewish literature at Hampshire College. Uh, over the years, it's gotten much more emphasis on language study, actually. So this year, I don't know, it must have been like 20 students showed up, and uh, they had intensive Yiddish course, you know, all morning with Yuri Vedenyapin, our, our star Yiddish teacher who flew in from Cambridge, England to, uh, you know, to teach for a month. And boy, they were all, the students were all a little nervous at first. They didn't really know the alphabet, and the whole thing seemed very daunting to them, and by no means were all of them Jewish, and... Uh, you know, it, it was just a little hard at first, but by the end, everybody was uh, exceedingly cheery and speaking a certain amount of Yiddish, and they had learned a lot. So it, it's great. I, I just love to see it kind of like, you know, come alive like that. And it also just shows how much interest there is in the subject. Were there any star students in the Jan term class this year that you heard about? Oh, they were all star students, <laughs> but they were students of really diverse backgrounds. Uh, and to hear all of these, you know, this, this, this kind of united nations of, uh, you know, ethnic diversity there <laughs> and everybody speaking Yiddish together is really very exciting for us. Okay, and what about our scanning station? I know that that's been in full gear and we actually had some Jan term help we, we, we did. It's finally like running day and night. Well, I was going to say day and night. And that's not quite so. It's, <laughs> it's running all day. Whenever we're open, it's open now. It took a while to staff it up properly. It's, it's a little more complicated to do than I think we originally uh, thought. But the Internet Archive set up the station for us here in June. Uh, we had to get through all the inevitable technical difficulties. But we're now running it full time, and it's really exciting to see it happening. You know, we've got this pile of these astonishing books that we had never been able to scan before. And one page at a time, they're shot, and they go into the computer and are being uploaded. And within 24 hours, they're online, and the whole world then has access to the book. So, you know, uh, apart from the fact that we've got like five years of work down there, it's really exciting. That's great. And uh, we even have a full-time, or not a full-time, but a part-time staffer that's helping with the scanning too. The yeah, so, so, so it'll make it a lot more stable. And, and, yeah, it's and moving Josh, quickly. Yeah, and Josh Price, our fellow here, is is working with them as well to keep everybody on track. And it's it is happening, and it's really, uh, you know, it's gratifying because it happens almost in real time. All right. And speaking of Josh, we have another Josh that just arrived on staff. Oh yeah. So Josh Lambert, whom I uh, spoke with last week, uh, is, is here now uh, full time. And he is sensational. I, I am just enormously optimistic. So he's, you know, native of Canada, uh, very strong Hebrew, good Yiddish, uh, you know, a scholar of American and modern Jewish literature, had been teaching at NYU and is now here to run all of our uh, 
you know, academic programs. And he is already bringing just kind of, uh, you know, knowledge and energy and excitement into the organization. And we have great hopes for what he's going to be able to do in the next, uh, in the coming months. Yeah, he just sent out an email to the fellows asking if we wanted to do an English language reading group, which would be really nice. Oh, great. To complement yeah. the Yiddish yes, reading exactly. group we have at Sam Castell. That's, yes. that's great. Good, good. Okay, and speaking of fellows. Oh, so this is actually, in some ways, both the best and the worst day of the year happened yesterday. It's the, it's the day in which we take this gigantic pile of, uh, you know, folders of applications for candidates for our annual fellowships and try to narrow it down to the ones we're actually going to accept. And uh, the reason it's the worst part of the year is just because it's this embarrassment of riches. I mean, every one of them is fully qualified. They're all you know, they're all brilliant. They all go to great schools. They've all graduated from great schools. They all have, uh, you know, just amazing qualifications. And somehow to narrow that down and take five students out of all of these, you know, preposterously talented young people is a very hard thing to do. And, and uh, on the other hand, it's also the best day of the year because it just shows you, first of all, you know, the kind of the type of students who are attracted to what we're doing here now. You know, it really is these just sensationally great kids who want to come and immerse themselves in Yiddish and Jewish culture for a year, mm -hmm. uh, which is really gratifying. I mean, how, how, you know, how good is that? Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to say, you know, there's no question that a really bad economy means that, you know, more very talented young people are looking for work <laughs> right now and are willing to come here for a relatively modest stipend to work for a year. But I, I promise it's not just that. You know, I, I think it's just a moment in Jewish life where people have come more and more to realize that this whole vast cultural side of Jewish life really matters. And this is a place where they can come and explore it and do something about it. And I also think there's just kind of a buzz out there, you know, that the, uh, the word is out that if you come here and sign up for a fellowship here, you get to do real things. This is not Xeroxing in some congressperson's office for a year. You know, right, this is right. really running major projects. And, and there's something very exciting about that as well. And for us, it's incredibly cool because we get to do way more than we ever dreamed of doing before. And it's largely young people bringing the energy and direction into it. Yeah, I think that's been one of the strong points for me for the fellowship, just that I've had a lot of reign to do whatever I'd like. And uh, I mean, not maybe whatever I'd like, but yeah, I yeah. get to do uh, work on various different projects and I have a leadership role in a lot of those. And it's really, it's it's been a great experience for that reason. So. Yeah, good. I'm yeah. really pleased. So anyways, great, great lineup for next year. And uh, We've almost made all our decisions yet. We're still working out a few of the last, mm -hmm. uh, still agonizing, you know, over a few of the last ones. And, 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 and I just have to say, for the people who don't get in, they're also great, you know, and I wish we could take everybody. Right, and, and they and can apply again next they, year. They can do that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we also have some other deadlines for programs oh, yeah, so, coming so, so up. Unlike in the past, I'm actually prepared this week, Emma, and I have here <laughs> a piece of paper uh, with all the deadlines on it. So, mm -hmm. so here's what's coming up. Fellowships are now closed for this year. You know, the, the, that deadline has passed. But uh, we still have time. February 20th is the deadline for the Steiner Summer Program. Just to remind people, um, seven-week program this year, I think? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, seven-week program, uh, full-time, in the summer. It's an intensive immersion in modern Jewish culture with really intensive Yiddish instruction offered at different levels. Um, 
And in addition to that, I mean, kind of these wonderful teachers coming in, teaching all about modern Jewish literature and culture with loads and loads of uh, extracurricular activities and films and concerts and performances and a field trip down to New York City and a chance to do hands-on work uh, here at the center and taking on all sorts of projects. So uh, it is seven weeks that will change people's lives and also teach them Yiddish, and it's all f completely free. Mm -hmm. So all they have to do is apply, and that deadline's February 20th, and if they go on our website at yiddishbookcenter.org, uh, they'll find their way to the application. Right, and you can also listen to our episode from a few weeks ago about the Steiner Summer Program for more information. Oh, right, so if you can mm -hmm. look at the, scroll around on the web right now and you'll, you'll find that there, but, but yep. don't go yet. Finish today's show first, then you can go back <laughs> to that one. Okay, other deadlines. Great Jewish Books, our upcoming program for high school students. Uh, that deadline is March 15th. Also, it's a one-week program. Uh, here on the campus of Hampshire College, the classes to take place at the Book Center, and uh, completely free as well. And we're looking for 18 extraordinary rising high school juniors and seniors. So if you fit that bill, apply. It will really uh, be the best summer thing you've ever done. It will be you'll you'll get so turned on, people will find the literature that most know very little about right now, and that will speak to everybody. Uh, amazing teachers and a pilot program, so it has all the adventure of something we've never done before, and we'll have the ups and downs of that as well, but it should be great fun. Mm -hmm. Again, application for that is uh, March 15th. Yeah, and Josh Lambert, who we just mentioned as the new academic director, will be teaching as part of that program, and also Sana Krasikov, who's a, a writer of uh, contemporary fiction, she'll be here teaching as well. So that should be yes, really... Should be great. Yeah, we'll have to have uh, Josh on again and we'll talk about the high school program. Yeah, I'm we'll sure we will future, at some point. One of our future radio shows yes. here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so turning back a little towards the fellows, just to give an update about what they're doing now. We have uh, Jordan Kutzik. He's working on our audio archive as we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago as well. So what's, what's going on with him? Well... It's a little hard to say exactly, because when you go downstairs, all you see is Jordan with uh, an Apple computer <laughs> and headphones on uh, doing something. But I think what he is doing <laughs> is... Uh, we hope what, what he's doing. <laughs> what we know he's doing is generating an astonishing amount of product and, and, and you, know, uh, you know, productivity and work that's coming out of all of this. What he's working on primarily are actually two projects right now. First, the uh, cassette tapes from Montreal of the Jewish stories read aloud, uh, Jewish books read aloud, and those will be going up on the web very, very shortly now, audio files that people can download to their iPods and, and you know, walk about or drive your car and listen to Yiddish books being read aloud in Yiddish mm -hmm. uh, back in the 70s and 80s, and they're really very good. And we call them talking books. Talking books, or, or uh, I think as the Jewish public libraries call them, right, talking books. Mm -hmm. uh, but of course, the, what we're even more excited about right now was the subsequent discovery of 1,500 hours of uh, recorded lectures and interviews at the Jewish Public Library dating back to the 1940s with Yiddish and other Jewish writers talking about their work and it's like the find of the century and then some and, and it just gets you know more exciting with every passing day and I have to say Jordan is a person of just extraordinary ability his Yiddish is really strong and he's able to listen to the stuff and understand exactly what it is that he's hearing and, and to do something with it so among other projects, he's making little video clips 
of uh, kind of still images of the writers and of their time, and then merging those with the actual, with, with uh, excerpts from the actual uh, lectures that they delivered in Montreal, and then adding uh, on-screen translation as subtitles. So even if you don't know Yiddish, you can enjoy this material. And he's beginning to post those up through our website, and they'll be available as YouTube interviews, and I think through iTunes U as well. So uh, be patient with us out there, though, because it's all taking a little while. None of this technical stuff is that easy. And fortunately, we have very talented young people who are helping us to <laughs> implement it. But there is some back scene, uh, behind the scene work that needs to be done still. So this will slowly get better and better. But um, all yeah, that you, yeah. you can access those videos through our homepage, uh, the two that are up already. So, oh, so it's easy to find them then? Yeah, it's yeah. easy to find them. It's on, right on the right-hand side of the web page. Great. So yeah, definitely check them out. Mm -hmm. He has one up so far. It was, uh, uh, what was it, Chaim Grada, I think? No, that? Grada, um, that's not up yet. Oh, that's coming. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that's coming, I but um, we have uh, Yankov Glotstein and right. uh, Itzik Monger. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. Two yeah. excerpts. And they're, they're really just fascinating. They're, the writer is talking about uh, just their take on modern Jewish literature. It's really fascinating. So. Yeah. Good, good. And what's happening with oral history? Oh, that's also getting better and better. So you know, Ali, our, our intern, is, is working with this, uh, and of course working with Krista Whitney, along with a whole room full of uh, young people who are coming in from the five colleges. Krista's now organized a, a five-college uh, oral history internship. So these young people are coming here. These are people who are in students at uh, uh, students who are in school at Amherst, Hampshire, or Mount Holyoke, Smith, and the University of Massachusetts, and they come into our video studio downstairs where the you know Apple computers line the walls, and they and they sit there working on processing the uh, recordings that are being made all the time right now. Um, uh, Krista just brought someone in last week. She brought in a professional filmmaker who uh, volunteered his time to help completely reorganize our recording, our cameras and recording studio. So the video quality is about to make a, uh, a quantum leap forward. And uh, so stay tuned for like next week's postings. They're going to look completely different and, and a whole lot better than what they have in the past. Um, but basically, you know, we've come to understand that what we were doing in collecting books was really, really important and continues to be really important. But collecting stories is equally important. People really have stories to tell. It's amazing uh, what a talkative people we are, you know. And, and it, uh, <laughs> Not just bookish, are, we're talkative too. Yeah, we really, you know, people can tell stories and they have amazing, you know, it's an extraordinary time of cultural change. It's one of the great you know, periods of transition in Jewish history that might have begun a hundred years ago and is still going full tilt today and becoming more exciting all the time. And so we're interviewing people of all ages. We now have a field kit with a second camera and equipment and Krista's going out into the world and interviewing really interesting people. She's defining kind of, you know, intellectual priorities, meaning, you know, what subjects are we interested in and then going out and, int and interviewing people uh, within those subjects as well. We're now talking about developing a program where we'll get volunteers to come uh, join us. This would be people who are out in the world, who have computers at home, which is just about everybody now, who can volunteer actually to view the interviews as they're recorded and posted up on the Internet Archive, who can view them and I say, hey, here's where the good part is. You know, at, at one hour and 22 minutes, you should really check it out because it's something amazing. And we can then begin to kind of identify these, these extraordinary excerpts and then have young people here produce them and get them up online through YouTube and, and, and uh, iTunes use. So it, it's just getting more exciting all the time, Emra. I'm very optimistic about what all this is going to become. 
So definitely stay tuned, literally, on that one. It's yeah, it'd be, great to, it'd be great to have Krista in here to interview her about I what's going on. I just said that to her this morning. Yeah. We've got to get you in here. So, all right, that'll come up, too. We've we, we yeah. got a lot of work ahead of us here, but <laughs> yes. okay. Um, turn the camera back on her, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, except yeah. not the camera, the audio recorder. But yeah. in any case. Um, and how about optical character recognition? What does that mean? Oh, right, I'm only going to do this really briefly because yeah, yeah. this is another thing that could take like a whole week to talk about. <laughs> but I think I mentioned before that um, up until now, all the books we've posted online have only been um, facsimile files. That means that you're basically seeing a picture of the page of the book. It's a PDF file that you're looking at or as an animated reader. But you can read it and you can you know, page through the book but you can't actually search for it because it's not a text file. And the techno technology to create text files out of this just hasn't existed until now. We've been sort of waiting for Israel to invent it and, and scholars there have been working on it, but at this point they're at 80% accuracies, which means one mistake every single word and that's not really gonna cut it. And then suddenly out of nowhere, a few months ago, uh, we were approached by uh, a man named Asaf Orielli, who is a uh, South African born, Israeli raised, uh, computer programmer, software engineer, who has taken on as a dissertation project at a university he's now attending in France, uh, the project of developing Yiddish OCR is already well over 97% accuracy. And we're now uh, partnering with him, we're working with him, although he's doing all the genius and all the technical work is entirely his. We only put him in touch with other brilliant people like linguists and uh, and support people who can help him in all of this. There have been loads and loads of breakthroughs, and I think we should really interview Asaf as well uh, another month down the line when he's a little further along with all this. But uh, Emma, it's going to change the world, or at least the Jewish scholarly world, because suddenly something like five million pages of Yiddish literature are going to become searchable overnight, and research that used to take 10 years is going to be done in a matter of seconds. And uh, there's no telling what will come out of this. You know, It'll now be possible to come up with a list of all the words that appear in no Yiddish dictionaries and begin defining those and paving the way for the translation for all future generations. I mean, you know, many, many great projects that we've thought about for years will suddenly become possible overnight. And my guess is this whole thing ought to be up and running within just a few more months now. So it's uh, standby, but it's really getting good. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah. Really exciting. Um, so in the interest of time, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit um, and just ask you about one more thing going on here in the Discovery Gallery. Oh yeah, so that's another project that Chris is undertaking together with Hank Snetsky and Susan Bronson and our wonderful exhibit designer, Roger Westerman. And they've taken this big space here at the Book Center and they're developing it into a gallery that will showcase kind of all these amazing people we're meeting along the way, particularly through the Wexler Oral History Project. So people who come out of the Wexler Project and record amazing things will be featured in this gallery, along with a broad contextualization of it that Hankus is, is putting together for us. And we have an opening date. April 29th will be the opening date for what will be called the Hutt Discoveries Gallery, uh, named in honor of its primary uh, benefactor, uh, Alfred and Lee Hutt, long-term friends and a board member of the Book Center. And it's going to be uh, just great and lively and utterly engaging. And I was downstairs the other day when the iPod, you know, what do they call it? The iPads began <laughs> arriving that are going to provide some of the video content. And uh, it's got a lot of imaginative things in it. And we'll, uh, we'll feature that as well as soon as it's up and running. April 29th is the big day for the opening, though. All right. And what else is next? 
like what's coming next. Well, yeah. there's plenty on our plate right now, as you can see. But I guess what I should probably say is just that the, the broad kind of direction of all this, you know, these, these are not kind of disparate projects, as you can see. Everything kind of fits together very nicely right now. And we haven't even talked about translation or our Grata conference coming up or you know, a million other things that are going on here. But I think what it all amounts to is the fact that you know, our time's just come. When we went out to save Yiddish books, we were really like voices in the wilderness. You know, we were in our early 20s. People thought we were completely nuts. You quixotic, I think, was the polite term they used to describe <laughs> us at the time. But, you know, running around like Don Quixote and tilting at windmills. But that was the polite term. And there was much worse said as well. It just seemed crazy to people. Who in the world wants Yiddish books? Why would you save them? I think we had enough understanding then that uh, this was a very large piece of modern Jewish culture, you know, kind of... Uh, lay within these books, and that it was critical to save them while there was still a chance to do so. But we always harbored this hope that someday everybody else would get this. And that time's really come now. I mean, it's just a, a dawning realization uh, on the part of an older generation and an absolute instinctive understanding on the part of younger people that you can't throw away the culture. Jewishness is a big, multifaceted civilization, and yes, religion is a part of it, but you know what? There was also a whole, there was an everyday side of that culture as well, and it includes modern literature and film and music and theater. I mean, it's all there. It's vast and it's unexplored, and uh, there's loads of work to do for us right now. So I think, you know, as I said in one article I wrote a while ago, we're reclaiming that flip side of Jewish life right now. You know, we're we're not, uh, this is not your grandfather's Yiddishism. You know, we don't think that Yiddish is the definition of Jewish life. We think holism is the Jewish, the definition of Jewish life. Jewishness by definition is holistic and it's dialectical and it's endlessly creative and dynamic. And we're just bringing a huge part of that culture back into the, uh, into the fray. And, uh, We've never found traction like this before. We've never found resonance like this before. We've never met so many really cool and wonderful and engaging young people before. And we are enormously optimistic about the future right now. All right, great. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, Emma. Um, you can always check our website for up-to-the-minute information on what's going on here in Amherst. Uh, Yiddishbookcenter.org is that address. I'm Emma Morgenstern. Thanks for listening. Our original theme music was written and performed by Henkis Netsky. This has been a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm.